0: Best-selling author, motivational speaker, and sales guru. For over 30 years, Bob has successfully shown entrepreneurs and sales professionals how to communicate their value and accelerate their referral business. For much of his career, Bob was known for his book, Endless Referrals, but it's his newest series, The Go-Giver, that has grown into a worldwide movement. The Go Giver series has been translated in over 30 languages and has sold more than 1 million copies. Go Giver was listed in Inc. magazine's top 10 most motivational books ever written and was included on HubSpot's 20 most highly rated sales books of all time. In today's episode, we'll learn why Bob believes you're better off being a go-giver instead of being a go-taker when you're trying to gain influence. We'll uncover the difference between influence, persuasion, and manipulation, and gain insight as to why the best influencers pull others in as opposed to push them. And lastly, Bob will break down his five laws of success as well as the law of the back door and how you can use these key aspects of human nature to your advantage. If you've been wanting to enhance your ability to influence and increase your success in sales, keep on listening. Hey, Bob, welcome to Young and Profiting Podcast. So happy to have you here.
1: Hey, thank you, Holly. Great to be here.
0: Yeah, likewise. So you are a prolific writer. You've written so many best-selling books. Uh, Your Go Giver book, especially, has been really popular. You've also got a book called Endless Referrals, which is super popular. So I definitely want to cover both those topics and also focus on the topic of influence. But before we get into all that good stuff and the meat and potatoes of the interview, I do want to talk to you about your career path. Similar to me, you started in radio. Uh, So I started my career at Hot 97 and then kind of evolved from there. Uh, So I'd love to hear about your broadcasting background and how you ended up, you know, becoming such a popular writer.
1: (laughs) Just began as a sportscaster uh, for a a local radio station where I grew up. Got into TV. I was the uh, late night news guy for a very small ABC affiliate in the Midwestern United States. I wasn't very good at it though. I was, uh, yeah, I could read the news, anyone can do that, but I I certainly wasn't a journalist. And so it wasn't long before I graduated into sales. And uh, I, I stumbled and floundered for the first few months because I had no formal sales training. And the company I was with apparently didn't either. So I was sort of left on my own. Fortunately, after a few months, I was in a bookstore, and I, I saw there were a couple of books on sales, which doesn't seem like a big deal right now, but that was 40 years ago. And sales books were just – they simply were not as prolific as they are, are now. So I didn't even know such a thing existed. So when I when I saw them, I picked them up. Bought them, brought them home, and every night I'd come home after work, and I would study into the wee hours of the morning. And within a few weeks of applying the information, my sales began to go through the roof, and it was really a a great experience for me. From there, I started to really get into the personal development aspect because I quickly learned that sales was really about building yourself on the inside, right? And that that success manifested outwardly, but it really was what you put into your mind and, and took into your heart. So I started getting all the, you know, the classics of personal development from Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People to Think and Grow Rich to The Magic of Thinking Big and Psycho-Cybernetics and As a Man Thinketh and Mandino's books and all the great books that I just, I became a I guess, an internal library. <laughs> and, you know, so I, I really enjoyed it and eventually worked my way up to sales manager of a company and, and people began to ask me to show their sales team what was working for me and uh, eventually just morphed into a, into a speaking business.
0: I love the fact that you brought up that you've read so many books. I interviewed Stephen Kotler pretty recently and he told me that books have the best ROI on your time and you can literally time arbitrage with books because these authors are spending years of their lives researching and pouring out their expertise that might've taken a decade to acquire. And then you get to read that book in just a few hours and absorb all that information.
1: Exactly. And, you know, I think when you... And there are different types of books. There are the, the books that really you're just developing yourself personally and professionally. And then there are the how-to books, and, and they can provide, and in, in, in such as the ones I purchased, and they were by Zig Ziglar and Tom Hopkins, the two that I purchased when, the, when I first saw them. They were roadmaps for me they told me how to do what I needed to do. It was really, it was a methodology, it was a system. And to this day, I personally define a system as the process of predictably achieving a goal. Based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles, the key being predictability. Right? If if it's been if it's been documented that by doing A, you can get the desired results of B, then you know all you need to do is A, and continue to do A, and continue to do A, and eventually you'll get the the desired results of B. So yeah, absolutely. And you think about how many years Mr. Hopkins and Mr. Ziegler spent learning their craft and then as you said they put it into book form and I got to read it within a few hours and 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 you apply the information so yeah I I think you really you really hit it right on the head
0: So I know we don't have that much time together so I do want to get into the bulk of the interview and really understand what a go-giver is. So go-giver is a very popular book series that you wrote with your co-author. And there's four books in that series. I think it's sales, leadership, influence, and then the original. And let's just understand what a go-giver is. I guess it's the difference and the difference between a go-getter and a go-giver.
1: Well, kind of let's, let's look at that. So the basic premise of the go-giver is simply this, that shifting your focus, and this is really where it all begins, shifting your focus from getting to giving. Now, when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others, understanding that doing so is not only a, a more fulfilling way of conducting business, it's the most financially profitable way as well. And not for any way out there, woo-woo type of magical, mystical reasons. It makes very logical, very rational sense. When you're that person, Hala, who can take your focus off yourself and place it on serving others, on discovering what they need, what they want, what they desire, focusing on helping them solve their challenge and problems, taking your focus off of yourself and making it about helping to bring them closer to happiness, people feel good about you. People want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to be part of your life, part of your business. They want to tell others about you. Now, we would say in terms of go-giver and go-getter, it it always depends upon how you define terms, okay? So what we like to say is we love go-getters because go-getters are people of action. You know, you're a go-getter as well as a go-giver. You're a person of action, right? And you started in radio. You went into, you, you had your, your blog that you had. You led a whole group of teams. As that died down, now you went into something. You're a go-getter, but you're always providing value to others. You're a go-giver. And so we like people to be both go-getters, people of action, and go-givers, people who are absolutely focused on providing immense value to others. We would say the opposite of a go-giver is a go-taker. And that's that person who feels almost entitled, if you will, to take, take, take without having added value to, to the person, to the process, to the situation. And they tend to be frustrated because they, they rarely have the kind of sustainable success that they believe they have.
0: I love that. Go takers. I think that's really interesting. And I, I can't wait to get into manipulation later on. And I think that really ties nicely with manipulation as well. But before we get into that, even though influence, persuasion, manipulation is literally my favorite topic to talk about. Let's talk about your five laws for uh, success that you talk about in Go Giver. What are those five laws at a high level?
1: Okay, so the the law there are the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. The law of value is all about making the experience so wonderful for the prospective customer and client, and eventual customer and client that. Aside from just the intrinsic value of your product or service, it's the excellence, it's the consistency, it's the empathy, it's the attention, it's the gratitude, it's everything you put into the entire experience that makes it so worthwhile for them that they feel as though they're receiving much more in value than what they're paying. And they do, while you also make a very healthy profit. In any free market-based exchange, there should always be two profits, the buyer profits and the seller profits, because each of them come away much better off afterwards than they were beforehand.
0: Let's hold that thought and take a quick break with our sponsors. Young and profiters, they may call me the podcast princess, but I'm also the LinkedIn queen. I've been a LinkedIn influencer for six years now, and I teach one of the most popular courses about LinkedIn. to look up how to solve their problems, to learn from industry thought leaders. They're in the mode to buy, whereas on other platforms, they're in the mode to be entertained. You wanna get them in the right mindset. You wanna cut through the noise with LinkedIn ads. In fact, 79% of B2B marketers rate LinkedIn as their top channel for paid media. And LinkedIn has the best targeting because they've got all these different inputs. People are putting their resume basically up on there. And so there's so many keywords that. Again, it's indeed.com slash profiting to get your $75 credit. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So basically what you're saying is we need to provide more value than just what we're getting paid for, if I understand correctly. So how do like, give us some examples, some concrete examples. How can you have an engagement with someone they're paying you, give us examples of providing more than what they're paying you for and going and providing that extra value that they'll remember you for.
1: Okay. So uh, let's say you hire an accountant to do your taxes. And she charges you. We'll just name a round figure, a thousand dollars. That's her fee or her price. Okay, a thousand dollars. But what value does she give you in exchange? That that is so immense. First, through her experience, her knowledge, her wisdom, her her desire to find out about you and what you're looking to accomplish. To get, to, she gets to know your business. Okay, uh, she's able to save you five thousand dollars in taxes. She also. Uh, saves you countless hours of time. She also provides you and your family with the security and the peace of mind of knowing it was done correctly, right? So she's just given you well over $5,000 in value in exchange for a $1,000 payment uh, of price. So you feel great about it, but she also made a very healthy profit because it's worth her time. It's worth her while, okay, to sell or lease her time, her energy, her expertise, her caring, her, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. And so both of you come away much better off afterwards.
0: Awesome, okay, law of compensation.
1: Okay, so this says that your income is determined by how many people you serve as well as how well you serve them. So where law number one says give more in value then you take in payment. Law number two tells us that the more people whose lives you touch with the exceptional value you provide, the more money with which you'll be rewarded. Uh, Nicole Martin, the CEO in the story in that part of the story, told Joe the protege that law number one, the law of value, represents your potential income, but it's law number two, the number of lives you impact, that represent your actual income. So we could say exceptional value plus significant reach equals very high compensation.
0: Got it. So my question for this law is really about referrals, because if we want to expand our sphere of people that we help, I think the best way to do it is through referrals and you are the guru when it comes to getting referrals. <laughs> so tell us about some key strategies. And, and I know we've got to be a little bit quick, but like, what are your best strategies for getting referrals?
1: Well, it's building the relationship. You know, one of the things that I said, the, the, the premise of endless referrals and, and something that was in, in The Go-Giver was that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. So this is really where law number three of the go-giver comes into play, right? The law of influence. Your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first, which isn't to say in any way that you should be anyone's doormat or a martyr or self-sacrificial. It's just that when you look at the all things being equal, the no like, and trust, What do we what do we see? That placing that other person's interests first, okay, that is the way. To develop that know, like, and trust toward you in others. And that's how referrals will, will happen because you're developing, you're creating these great relationships with people. The way you begin doing it is from that very first conversation to make it not about you, but about them. It's asking them questions about themselves and their business, not in a prospecty type of way, just in a way that creates a relationship. It's asking them how they got started in their business and what they enjoy most about it. It's asking that person what I call the one key question that will distinguish you from the rest, which is, how can I know if someone I'm speaking with is a good customer for you? which totally reframes everything from being the typical I'm out there trying to give my elevator speech and sell you my product or service the first time I meet you to I want to know how to help you. I wanna know how to serve you. I wanna know how to bring value to you. And it's the same whether you're in person or online. You know, you're, you're really a, a LinkedIn expert. You're someone who's so, lit, you have such a huge audience on LinkedIn. And how many times do you see when someone sends you a connection request, what's the first thing they do after you connect? They, they send you a sales uh, thing, right, to, to buy from them. Well, are you gonna create a relationship with that person? Probably not. But it's probably the person who's asking themselves the question, "Hmm, how do I add value to Hala's life, to her business?" How can I comment on one of her posts or one of her interviews? Uh, you know how can I share something that's going to bring her value? How can I get to know her in a way that she sees that my focus is on right and that's how we start the referral process Now there's certain questions we can we can ask once the know like and trust is there to create the context where the person's probably going to give us great referrals but it always begins with the relationship.
0: Mm. I'm gonna to have to have you back on to just talk about referrals at some oh, point because I think we it was Thirty so, minutes just on that. I know Absolutely. for real. Okay, so let's go on to. I think we got to law. We're at law, The law of influence. We,
1: we kind of did law of influence. We did that within the um, within that. So we we sort of we sort of snuck that in a little bit because it's again it's it's placing the other person's interest first, uh, not in a self-sacrificial way, but in a way that benefits everyone concerned.
0: So I do want to dive a little deeper on this influence topic, because I heard you saying something on another interview, and I loved it. And that's the fact that when you're a true person of influence, you're not pushing, you're pulling. Talk to us about that, because I think that's really powerful.
1: Sure. So if we ask what influence is, because remember, you know, the word influence has been thrown around so much now that people have lots of different definitions for it. And so I think if we look at it first on a very basic level, influence can be defined simply as the ability to move a person or persons to a desired action, usually within the context of a specific goal, okay? That's the definition, but it's not its essence, because the essence of influence, as you said, is pull as opposed to push, right? How far can you push a rope, well, not very well, at least not very fast or very effectively, which is why great influencers don't push. They don't push their will on others, they don't push their ideas on others, they're not pushy, right? You never hear someone say, Wow, that David or that Mary, she is so influential. She has a lot of push with people. No, Mary's influential, she has a lot of pull with people. So how does that pull? manifest itself. Well, again, this, and this is that law of influence. It goes back to placing the other person's interest first. The genuine influencer asks themselves questions to make sure they're facing the right way. See, I believe that we need to be internally motivated, but outwardly focused. Because remember, people don't do things for our reasons they do it for their reasons. I often, when I speak at sales conferences, I'll often say nobody's gonna buy from you because you have a quota to meet, right? They're not gonna buy from you because you need the money or even because you're a really nice person. They're gonna buy from you because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so, which is the only reason we could ever expect or should ever expect anyone to, to uh, buy from us. So, so the genuine influencer, ask questions of themselves to make sure they're outwardly focused. For example, how does what I'm asking this person to do? How does it align with their goals, with their needs, with their wants, with their desires? How does what I want this other person to do, how does it align with their values? What problems am I helping them to solve? How am I helping them to get to a direction or get to a place where they want to be? Now, when we ask ourselves these questions thoughtfully, intelligently, genuinely, authentically, not as a way to manipulate another human being into doing our will, but as a way of building everyone in the process, now we've come a lot closer to earning that person's commitment, right? as opposed to trying to depend on some type of compliance or push.
0: The other thing I really want to cover for my listeners is the difference between influence, persuasion, and manipulation, because I think they're all slightly different, and I think it will help us understand, you know, where on the spectrum we want to be.
1: Sure. So if influence is a matter of being able to move a person to a desired action, okay, there are two ways to influence. You could do it through persuading another human being, or you could do it through manipulating another human being. One's positive, one's negative, right? Now, the interesting thing is both persuaders and manipulators understand human nature. They understand what motivates people. They understand how to move people to action. In a sense, you could say persuasion and manipulation are cousins. Now, one's the good cousin, persuasion, and one's the evil cousin, manipulation. If we want to describe manipulation, I think the person who described it best was a guy by the name of Paul W. Sweats, who wrote a book published in 1987 called The Art of Talking So That People Will Listen, which was really more about listening than it was about talking, but that was the title. It was a wonderful book. And in it, he said, manipulation aims at control, not cooperation, it does not consider the good of the other party, and it results in a win-lose situation. Now, in direct contrast to the manipulator, the persuader always seeks to enhance the self-esteem, or I would say the position, of the other party. People respond better because they're treated as responsible, response-able, self-directing individuals. So it begins really with intent though that's not where it ends, but here's the thing. See, a manipulator may not be trying to necessarily hurt the other person, but if that's what it takes to get their way, they'll do so because it's all about them and their needs. With a persuader, that can never happen because for a persuader to be happy with the situation and with themselves, they have to know that not only has the other person benefited, but that the other person feels good about the situation.
0: We'll be right back after a quick break from our sponsors. Hey, App Fam, starting my LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass was one of the best things I've ever done for my business. I didn't have to waste time figuring out all the nuts and bolts of setting up a website that had everything I needed, like a way to buy my course, subscription offerings, chat functionality, and so on, because it was super easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your first product, finally taking your side hustle full time, or making half a million dollars from your masterclass like me. And it doesn't matter if you're selling digital products or vegan cosmetics. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Shopify has got you covered as you scale. Stop those online window shoppers in their tracks and turn them into loyal customers with the internet's best converting checkout. I'm talking 36% better on average compared to other options out there. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US from huge shoe brands like Allbirds to vegan cosmetic brands like Thrive Cosmetics. Actually, back on episode 253, I interviewed the CEO and founder of Thrive Cosmetics, Carissa Bodnar, And she told me about how she set up her store with Shopify and it was so plug and play, her store exploded right away. Even for a makeup artist type girl with no coding skills, it was easy for her to open up a shop and start her dream job as an entrepreneur. That was nearly a decade ago. And now it's even easier to sell more with less thanks to AI tools like Shopify magic. And you never have to worry about figuring it out on your own. Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way so you can focus on the important stuff, the stuff you like to do because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting and that's all lowercase. If you want to start that side hustle you've always dreamed of, if you want to start that business you can't stop thinking about, if you have a great idea, what are you waiting for? Start your store on Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash profiting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Again, that's shopify.com slash profiting. Shopify.com slash profiting for $1 per month trial period. Again, that's shopify.com slash profiting. Young and profiters, we are all making money. But is your money hustling for you? Okay, so my last question on influence is really about the fact that people love to be the ones making their own decisions, and they want to make their own decisions. So tell us about the law of the back door. I thought this was really interesting.
1: Well, thank you. Yes, autonomy is a a key aspect of human nature. People want to feel they're in control of their own lives, okay? Okay an out or a back door is an emotional escape hatch you give someone so that they never feel as though they're back into a corner okay so uh, berg's law of the uh, the out or back door simply says the bigger the out or back door you give someone to take the less they'll feel the need to take it so you don't necessarily give them that out so that they'll take it although if they think they should they will which th- that would make sense but no you do it so that they feel comfortable enough with you and the situation that they don't feel pressured and they don't feel the need to take that out or back door. So even saying something, uh, uh, let's say you have a, a prospect, a sales prospect, and you're in front of that person and they kind of come to the table kind of defensive and and it's, well, you know, don't think I'm going to buy anything necessarily from you. I, I, you know, I'm not some easy sell. Why did they fit? But who knows what their experience has been? We never know what someone's experience is. Maybe that somebody took advantage of them and or maybe they really are, Someone who doesn't trust themselves to make this—I I don't know—but what we can do is reframe this using the out or back door. So it might be something like, you know, Susan. While we've been fortunate to be able to help a lot of people with this product, whether or not it's the right fit for you, we simply can't know without exploring deeper and both of us discovering that. So please know that that this conversation is for both of us to determine whether this would be right for you, and if it is, great. If not. That's okay, too.
0: Mm. And I bet you you could even do that in a simpler manner. Like if you just want to hop on a call with someone, you could be like, hey, you're probably slammed this Friday but if you have time, would you be able to hop on a call? Like, does it work in, yeah, it even works in simple situations like that. Uh,
1: very, very much.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I know we have two more laws that we didn't cover. And so I just want to make sure uh, my listeners understand them at least at a high level. So I believe it's the law of, um, um, yep, go ahead. <laughs> yep.
1: Uh, most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. And, In this law, Deborah, who was the mentor in this part of the story, explained that all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are, and they are all very important, they're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true authentic core. But when you do, when you show up as yourself, day after day, week after week, month after month, people feel good about you. People feel comfortable with you. They feel safe with you. And why not? They know who it is they're getting. So authenticity is a very powerful part of building trust. Now, I think, you know, today, authenticity, just like influence, it's a word that gets bandied about so much. I think people kind of confuse aspects of it. I think, you know, a, a lot of people, I believe, think authenticity means you have no boundaries say whatever you want, do whatever you want, this is how I am, take it or leave it. Which by the way, good philosophy if you want no happy relationships and you don't feel like being successful in business, then it's a good philosophy. But otherwise, no, it's really not. Authenticity does not mean you have no boundaries. Authenticity simply means you act congruently with your values. Okay? It should never be used as an excuse for, for being staying where you are. It's like the person who says, "Well, I have anger issues and I yell at p- a lot and I yell at people a lot. and if I were to act any differently, that wouldn't be authentic of me. That's baloney, that's hogwash. It simply means that person has an authentic problem that that person needs to authentically work on in order to become a better, more effective, higher version of their authentic selves.
0: Got it. And so thank you so much for explaining that. And then your last law.
1: Yeah. Law of, law, the law of receptivity says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. This means nothing more than understanding that, yeah, you breathe out. You also have to breathe in. It's not one or the other. It's both, you breathe out carbon dioxide, you breathe in oxygen, you breathe out which is giving, you breathe in which is receiving. Giving and receiving, despite the many anti-prosperity messages we receive from the world around us, which is really a shame, despite that, giving and receiving are not opposite concepts. They're simply two sides of the very same coin and they work in tandem. The key is that you focus on the giving and you allow the receiving, which is why John David Mann and I say that money is simply an echo of value. So you focus on the giving. And when you do this, and you create such wonderful value for others, you've created that benevolent context for success. And then you allow yourself to receive as a natural result of the value you've given.
0: I think that's a really important point. A lot of people kind of block themselves off from receiving all the good that they put out for themselves. So I totally agree there. So, the last question that I ask all my guests is what is your secret to profiting in life?
1: I think it goes back to a definition. As, as you can tell, so many things go back to definitions, right? And I think it's when we, you know, we talked about authenticity, acting congruently with your values. I think happiness, which is really what it's all about, when you think about it, at the end of our life, what is it? It's how happy we were, we were right? I would defi- I personally define happiness as an ongoing and genuine feeling of joy and peace of mind, the result of living congruently with one's values. So I think that with everything we do, if we're able to check on this is, is what I'm about to do congruent with my values, congruent with the person who I believe I am and or want to become, then I think we create that context for happiness, which doesn't mean life is, you know, rainbows and unicorns either. Life is life, okay? But it means that we have that ongoing sense of happiness.
0: Hmm, Makes sense. Thank you so much, Bob. This was such a wonderful conversation. Where can our listeners go to learn everything about you and what you do?
1: Best place is b u r g B-U-R-G.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Well, that was a shorter interview than I'm used to, but in just a brief amount of time, Bob and I were able to talk about so many helpful ideas to drive influence and sales. He's someone I know I'm going to have to have back on the show to really dive deep on referral strategies because he is the man when it comes to that. And everything he says is gold. Bob took us through his career journey. He began as a sportscaster and a news anchor, and he didn't find it fulfilling. And I really so much to this. I'm super thankful for my time in corporate. I worked different marketing jobs at Hewlett Packard and Disney, but at the end of the day, I knew that I wasn't meant for that type of work. It wasn't fit for me. It wasn't the right fit. I was good at my job and I excelled, but I was born to be an entrepreneur. And once I quit my job, my success and my my timeline to becoming... As successful as I wanted to be, like completely accelerated because I thrive as an entrepreneur. And like me, Bob knew he needed a major shift in his career. And as he said, he stumbled into sales with little knowledge or experience. As you heard throughout the interview, Bob is a big reader. He was constantly throwing out the different books that he loves. And he told us how he honed his sales craft by reading. He read everything he could on sales. And he began to implement those lessons he was learning. And he immediately noticed a difference. He found his footing and his skills grew to the point where others looked to him for advice because he read all these different books. And he became an expert himself by doing all that reading. All of this experience eventually manifested to him creating the Go-Giver series, which is all about shifting your focus from taking and getting into giving. So this really reminded me how reading is so powerful. I feel like these days, especially people that are younger, millennials or even younger, they're reading a lot less we're all settling for these like 60 second video clips on TikTok and Instagram Reels. And it's like, how can you really learn from that? Somebody just like pointing to five different words in the air or five phrases. How can you really learn and become an expert when all you're looking at are these short video clips? If that's how you're learning, I think you're doing it all wrong. You've got to go back to the basics. You've got to start reading. And also podcasts, I have to say, are really the second best ROI on your time. So for example, my team researches like eight. Eight hours an episode. I do about the same. We're all reading and listening to other interviews and studying to pull out the best and most important stuff to include in the interview. And then you guys are listening to the podcast and going around this 20 hours of research that we did and hearing it in an hour. So... Books, podcasts are a great way to learn. And Bob wrote The Go-Giver with the intention of helping salespeople, the way he was helped by books early in his career. He realized that a lot of salespeople were losing sight in terms of what their intentions were. He saw so many of them focusing on just the sale and the numbers and the dollars, but not the actual client. They wanted to get something out of the customer instead of give something to the customer. And so that's why he decided to write these books. And these books have done super success because, well, his strategy is true. If you can take your focus off yourself and off your own needs and instead put that focus into serving other people, you are a go-giver. This is such an easy perspective shift and it will help you gain trust. It will help you build stronger connections and plant the seed to long-lasting relationships. Bob structured his go-giver around his five laws to success. I'm going to take the time to recap them now so you can really remember these lessons so well that you can then action on them the next time you're in a situation where you need to gain influence or make a sale. So the first law is the law of value. The law of value states that your true worth in business is determined how much you give in value rather than how much you take in payment. This law is a core belief of the go-giver way. You have to give more than you receive. You have to go the extra mile to help someone with no expectation that they provide you anything in return. You've got to understand the difference between price and value. Price is a dollar figure. Value is the relative worth or desirability of something to an end user that they're willing to exchange money for. Hopefully, that person will be glad they exchanged their money for it, and you'll make a healthy commission. So remember, don't sell low on price, sell high on value. The second law is the law of compensation. Your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. The more people's lives you touch with exceptional value that you provide, the more money in which you will be rewarded. With this law, Bob is not only talking about monetary compensation, but he's also talking about emotions as well. The more people you are able to influence or impact in a positive way, the more fulfilled you will feel. Law number three, the law of influence. Your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. This doesn't mean that you should become a doormat. It means that you become you or we focused instead of me or I focused. Influence is by far one of the top favorite things that I love to study about. And Bob was able to explain it in a way that I've never heard before. It's all about pulling, not pushing. Bob used a rope as a metaphor to explain this. You can't push a rope, but you can pull it. Likewise, you should not be aiming to push people to do what you want. You actually want to pull them in. In other words, when you want something out of someone else, make it about them and their goals, not your own. The fourth law is the law of authenticity. This law says that the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. As important as technical or hard skills can be, they're useless if you don't bring an element of personality or personal touch into your work. When you're representing the values that define who you are, you build better trust. So show up consistently as your authentic self because people will feel good about you. They'll be comfortable around you and they'll feel safe with you. The last law, law number five, is the law of receptivity. This law states that the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. Bob equated giving and receiving to breathing in and out. We breathe out giving value and we breathe in receiving prosperity. He was clear that giving and receiving are not different concepts. They're really just two sides of the same coin that work in tandem with each other. However, the key with everything is to focus on giving first. You have to give value first, When you do this and create value for others, good things will naturally come your way. Money is simply an echo of value. So there you go. Those were the five laws that make up the go-giver way. They're all simple, they're actionable, and they can make us overall better people, better influencers, and better salespeople. If you want to learn more from Bob, go check out his books, Endless Referrals or The Go-Giver Series. They're all linked in my show notes. Thanks again for listening to Young and Profiting Podcast. If you enjoyed this show and you found value, Please take a couple of minutes to drop us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. That's the best way to thank us here on Young and Profiting Podcast. You guys can find me on social media. You can connect with me on Instagram at with hala or LinkedIn. You can search for my name. That's Hala Taha. Big thanks to my amazing Yap team as always. I really appreciate all the hard work you guys are putting into the show. This is Hala signing off.